Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. practice this whole series um, it's about the presence of God but I want you to practice this month unlearning church and learning God some of your um, some of your own um, hindrance is your routine um, we come into the house of the Lord to um, I don't know. I think we're good. If you need to, you can go ahead. Uh, we come into the house of the Lord often to um, critique, to look, and to see. Um, but if you really want to have a true encounter with God, um, the Bible says, enter into his gates with what? Um, many of us have entered in with Instagram and entered into with with whatever we're looking at our text message all that type of stuff sometimes you have to we said in psalms 139 search me oh god you have to get to a position where you practice allowing him to turn the light on your own soul so that you can reposition yourself to say lord whatever was before me i don't want it to block what you're doing in me in the in the in the sanctified church we you know, the little things we do, I mean, it's, it's, we, we do it oftentimes because a lot of uh, people um, are not used to church or, or are still getting in the habit of that. And then some of you came from uh, denominations or certain particular uh, background where you just did devotion and, and then you did announcements and did all the different things. And your program was more important than his presence. Um, so a lot of the different things we do are not uh, that long per se. But in the sanctified church, uh, sanctified by I mean that I'm talking about the Holy Ghost filled church, what I mean by that is usually it was a, a church that we had tamperings and washboards and all that type of stuff those of you who don't know anything about that it's okay but what we would do is a devotion or worship sometimes would last for 40 minutes we wouldn't stop until the presence of God filled the room um, now we have wham bam thank you ma'am if you didn't get it God bless you but from that from that particular area it might be one song and all they would say is sometimes they would get up there and say in the morning when I rise 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 oh I want to rise holy when I rise oh I want to rise holy when I rise, oh, when I rise, when I rise, oh, when I rise. And then he throws up, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier. I'm a sanctified soldier. I'm a sanctified soldier in the army. I've got my sword and my shield. 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 Then they will say, If I die, let me die.
why that he justified me treat me forever one day he's coming back glorious day oh send it all down send it all down lord let your holy ghost send it all down send it all down lord let your holy ghost that's how sometimes church would start. I'm preaching, but that's how church would start sometimes. People would. People. Now, if you were Baptist, you would say, Glory, glory, hallelujah. Since I laid furnace. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Since I laid my Now this is what I learned, Jason. Friends don't treat me like they used to. talking about how we started church yes just telling we would start church like that so it wasn't about tracks <laughs> it wasn't even about your hair tracks see you haven't had church until you don't even remember where your wig is I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all don't know that type of church because some of y'all stay Instagram ready. I'm talking about where you you unbuck and shout it to oh, everything that was in you, on you, trying to come against you, came off of you, and the devil said, "You know what? They ain't even worth it. They ain't even worth it." I'm talking about the type of church where you look at your friends and say, "I'll talk to you after church because what I need is more important than this conversation. I need something in my life, my family, my mind, my finances, my family, my relationship. If I need, I need somebody in the room. Lift your hands and say, "I need Jesus." Yes. That's what what type of church that shakes heaven and puts hell on notice. That you might want to try Jesus, but don't try me. <laughs> somebody lift your hands and say, try Jesus, but don't try. I'm sorry, somebody's dancing in the back and y'all ain't helping her. Somebody put a put your hands in the air, put your feet on the floor, put your hands in the air, put your feet on the floor, put your hands. again you may be seated i'm trying to start my little message
I got a feeling that everything's gonna be alright. said to me, I was sitting, I was like, Lord, I'm trying to start. He said, they need this moment right here. What I need you to do, because he said y'all need it. I didn't say it. So if you need it, I don't care what's going on in your life right now. I want you to give God a, I believe you for it, praise. What that means is you might not see it yet, but faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So I don't care if you got to skip to my loo, my darling, Jump, do the bank head bounce, do whatever you got to do. But for the next 90 seconds, give God everything you got so I can preach. Y'all ready? Because I can't preach until it breaks. Y'all ready? One, two, one, two, ready, go. Without the music. 
See, you got a real praise when music doesn't move you. When you get back in your car, you ain't gonna have no band. When you get back in your house, you won't have a band. But you gotta get back to your room, get back to your carpet and say, I will lift my hands, I will praise you. I don't have a lot, I don't have nothing else. Now bring the band back in so y'all get out. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. you can give them in the room come on hallelujah you may be seated all right all right i'm gonna finish this time for real for real i'm gonna go on for real all right for real all right y'all right. stop y'all stop thank you god bless you all right clap your hands all over the room you love jesus thank you lord i'm through i'm gonna stop because i got this assignment that's why i have to and it's, it's not y'all know I'm, I'm a worshiper before i'm a preacher so you got to know that. So I, I believe in dancing. You can't outdance me. You, your feet might look better than mine, but you can't outpraise me. <laughs> um, um, but I have to deliver this because uh, this little ringing in my microphone. I have to deliver this because uh, some of y'all, all that means nothing to you. And obviously, all of this don't mean anything to some of you yet. So if you don't know how to access the presence of God then this will mean exercise and steps for your watch. This in my feet is a reflection of what happens in my heart. That's not a Pentecostal expression. It's a Bible expression. Scripture says in Psalms 150, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Horses trot, we praise that's what we do it's who we are but you have to have an understanding of that because if you're waiting for your attack to be over for you to praise then you might not ever open your mouth you have to put like walter hawkins says don't wait till the battle is over you shout in the middle of it and sometimes oftentimes my praise is a down posit, a deposit of what i want to see later you can't keep withdrawing for what you haven't put in for. Sometimes praise, sometimes a lot of my, if some of you just for those of you, uh, praise and worship 101, for those of you who think praise and worship is a feeling, is not a feeling. If you have to praise based on feeling, you'll never praise. My hands don't go up because I feel like my hands going up. Sometimes it is a, I, I, am, put, I am positioning myself to remind myself that he is greater than what's coming against me. And I praise him until I feel better. So I want to make sure for those of us as we approach this particular series, that's why I had to move on. Because this particular series, as we talk about uh, this topic today, we're in a series called FaceTime. But this particular message, uh, turn your video on. Uh, for the last few months, many of us have gone through uh, Zooms and we have been in Google Chat. And we've been through all these different types of meetings that many of you all are over and done with. You're tired of sitting in the same positions all week long. Can I get a witness in the room where we're just tired of Zoom and all that type of stuff? 
Um, now, when I was growing up, uh, we used to have something that I know have I've aged some of y'all. You don't know anything about this, but we used to have video recorders, video tapes. I don't know. You don't know anything about video tapes. And then we used to have cassette tapes. Uh, you don't know what cassette tapes are. You have to put your finger in there and you would wind it up. And uh, <laughs> uh, so a videotape was a video, big video camera that you would hold and you couldn't see it immediately. Um, some of y'all would have a hard time when you can't see something immediately. And that's why you've not been able to see God, what God wants to do. Sometimes you got to wait on it. Uh, but we would see things and we would look at different things to a video camera and then we would see a cassette player. Uh, but now we have Zoom and Google Chat and now we have, uh, for those of us who are iPhone users, no shade to anybody who's an Android user, uh, even though I believe God's coming back on the cloud. But anyhow, um, but for those of us who are iPhone users, God bless you. Uh, we have FaceTime. Um, and then thank you. One music says that's true. Oh, y'all can go. Y'all, I'm sorry. Y'all, I'm preaching now. I'm sorry. Y'all go ahead. Give you, <laughs> give our band a hand. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm following. Tim, we got on the same jacket. God was, God, he was praying this morning. God wanted to use him. So I believe he's single. But anyhow, I'm sorry. Thank you. for. So uh, anyhow, uh, but um, uh, <laughs> anyhow, let me, let me get back in the spirit. Uh, but uh, we have FaceTime. For those of you who are Android users, users and stuff, you have Google, uh, Duo and um, Marco Polo and all those type of stuff, you know, that you have to go to an app store to download. But those of us who are iPhone, we just, it's right there on our phone. But there's no shade to anybody who has an Android. It's just, it's just... The way God moves, he's more cloud-like than he is Android-like. So, but, you know, God bless you. Uh, but don't leave this church because God can, God, God came for the Jews and the Gentiles. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, but anyhow, so, but the thing about video chat is that video chat or video communication requires you to show your face. Um, it's different than a conference call and different than a phone call uh, because you have to show your face. And oftentimes, when you don't show your face, the moderator will often say, turn your camera on. Because they need to, even if you're those of you who are in school, they want to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because sometimes you can turn your camera off and not be paying attention. And some of you are wondering why you are where you are with your place in God. It's because your camera's been off. And sometimes routine will have you not even paying attention. It's I'm showing up, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not present. Uh, but God is asking many of us to turn our camera on because he needs to see you. Um, and I want to, and not only does he need to see you, I need, he, I need to see him. Um, and that's where this comes from. And David was writing this particular psalm. And when he wrote this psalm, it's, it's interesting because he started this psalm in praise. David didn't write all the Psalms uh, in the book of Psalms, um, but he did write this particular one and he starts it off in praise. And many of you know this scripture and the first few verses he starts off and he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Uh, then he goes on and says, the Lord is the strength or one version. This version says the stronghold of my life of whom shall I be afraid? So he starts off in praise saying, no matter what comes against me, who shall I be afraid? Because he's for me. And verse two says, when the evildoers assail me or come against me to eat up my flesh, it's hard for me to unlearn the King James version. But he says, when they come against my flesh, he said, my enemies and my foes, they stumble and fall, which is encouragement for anybody who's under any attack or been any under attack uh, of any 
Khan, it's very important for you to hold your peace and let God fight it. Uh, I have seen oftentimes that things that were coming against me, God took care of it. When I closed my mouth and stopped trying to get involved in it and stopped trying to post subliminal messages on social media, uh, God took care of it for me. I want you to look at yourself right now and say, God will take care of it. God will take care of it. It does not mean you're a weak person because you don't clap back all the time. It does not mean you're a weak person because you don't always say something. Maybe I'm hitting something because some of y'all have a hard time because you always feel like you got to say something. You don't always have to say things. Scripture says, when the evildoers came upon me, it says they stumbled and fail because they couldn't do it because God will trip up people who are trying to destroy your purpose your purpose is more important than your job God will trip up people that are trying to come get verse 3 says though an army encamp against me my heart shall not fear that means though there are a whole lot of things coming against me I won't fear the war rises against me yet I will be confident verse 4 says he says one thing have I desired someone say one thing he said there are a lot of different things that I might get but one thing I desire and that thing I desire is that I might seek after the Lord and then I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I want to gaze on his beauty. I want to be able to be in his presence. I want to inquire in his temple. And verse 5 says, for he shall hide me. Someone say he'll hide me. He shall hide me in the shelter in the day of trouble. Some of you need a word in the midst of your storm. You need to be able to get up in your middle of your battle and your storm and say, he shall hide me in the time of trouble. He will conceal me under, a, uh, under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high up on a rock. Verse 6 says, now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies. He says, in the midst of attack, he'll lift me up. Let me tell you something. Promotion does not happen um, absent from your enemies. Some of y'all are asking God to remove things. Sometimes God will elevate you in the presence of them. That's what David said. He said, you make, a, you make a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There are some of you who God will exalt you in the midst of people who don't even believe you're supposed to be blessed. That's the type of God we serve. That he will bless you in their presence. Not for you to walk around and say they're hating. But it's for God to get the glory because God, God's presence and God's power is never going to be hindered to naysayers and to evildoers and to different workers of iniquity. God is still God in spite of them and in spite of intact. He said, I will lift up my head. He said, I will, now your head should be lifted up above your enemies all around me. He said, I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. He said, I will sing and I will make melody to the Lord. Now, what was interesting about this and said David started out praising David started out uh, declaring who God was David started out talking about the goodness of God and you would think um, that just because things sound like they're going well that attack is not present oftentimes you make a false assumption that just because things seem to be going well, that struggle is not lurking by. Has there anybody who's been blessed and persecuted at the same time? Maybe it's only five of you. Who have been going through uh, and being blessed at the same time. This whole pandemic has been a season where there have been things that have, people have lost their life. There are things that have been happening wrong. But what I have noticed 
is that the people of God have still been getting blessed in the midst of a national plague. I want to know, is there anybody in the room right now who can testify that even in this season, God's been good to you? I'm not saying that he wasn't good for the people who lost their, their, their life or people who got sick. I'm not saying that. But I'm so glad that things that should have come to me passed over me. God has been good to me. That is what David was making a confession in the midst of attack and in the midst of things that were going on. Because, and the reason that I know that he was doing this in the midst of attack, because he then said in verse 7, he said, hear me, Lord, when I cry aloud. So I'm praising and I'm crying. All of you all who say to people that there's no way you can be blessed and crying at the same time, you might need to update your ideology. Because you can be blessed and persecuted and attacked. Uh, you want word for it? Dave, uh, uh, Paul even said three times, have I sought the Lord? Y'all know Bible? Three times I sought the Lord that he would remove this thorn from me, but he didn't remove it. He says, so I learned that his grace was sufficient even in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the thorn, in the midst of the attack. So I now glory in my weakness so that in my weakness, his strength has been made perfect. That's what you have to learn, that God may not remove some things just to keep you humble. God might keep some things there just for you to rely on him and to make sure that lest, as scripture says there, he said, lest I be exalted above measure, lest I ever think is about me. He gave me a thorn. See, some of y'all think that every attack is from the devil. Sometimes God will put things there just so that you remember that it was the Lord who gave you that anyway. That without him, you would be nothing. Can we just give a real praise break and thank God for the thorns? See, we want to thank God. Thank you for bringing me out. Can you sometimes thank him for keeping you in it? There are some things I thank him for that he kept me in it until it was out of me. Some of us pray, as Mark Batterson says, some of us pray as soon as possible prayers. We need to start praying as long as it takes prayers. As long as it takes for you to get this bitterness out of me, keep me on the altar. As long as it takes for me to get this backbiting out of me, keep me on the altar. Don't let me move until I'm changed. The situation may not change, but change me. Somebody point to yourself and say, change me. Even if the circumstance don't change, change me. So he said, hear me when I cry aloud. I'm almost through. Verse 8 says, that's when he said, hear me when I cry. He said, you have said to me in the midst of my attack, you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Verse 9 says, hide not your face far from me. Uh, turn now, I'm going to get into that later. Turn not your servant away in anger. Oh, Lord, you have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, oh, God of my salvation. David shows that even in the midst of being a praiser, uh, sometimes even in whatever position you're in, sometimes you feel like God is not hearing you. And I want to know if there's anybody in the room, you don't have to raise your hand to do anything that has felt unheard by God. Where you prayed and nothing happened. 
you were in a position to seek him, but nothing happened. There are seasons where you feel like God is quiet. In the midst of David praising, in the midst of him declaring the goodness of God, his attack made him feel whatever we do. The scripture doesn't say what the attack was, but he felt that God wasn't responding to him. So he said, you said, seek my face. And, but he wanted to, he said, I'm, I'm interested not in your hand, but in your face. Um, your hand brings blessing, but I need, I need your personal presence in my life. Uh, the, I wrote down that many, uh, Charles Spurgeon wrote, Pharisees don't care about hearing the Lord or the Lord hearing them, but they want to be heard by people. But a genuine man, the Lord's ear is everything. I want you to just lift your hands right now and say, Lord, I need to hear you. I, I need to hear you. I need to hear you more than anything. It, uh, whether you pay, whether you make sure my bills are paid or anything, I need to hear you. Uh, one word from you can give me six months of a plan that I didn't have before you. Uh, we are not sure, as I said, we're not really sure what brought this particular prayer on. But his main desire in the midst of the changing times is that he maintained his community with God. And I want to talk about this for the next few minutes as far as how to turn on your camera. If you're going to turn on your camera, if, you're going to, if God's going to see you and if you're going to see God, the first thing you've got to do is prepare yourself. Someone say prepare yourself. Uh, Main Street uh, used to sing a song at the Sovereign Grace Conference, and they used to sing a song, prepare, uh, prepare me to worship, prepare my heart for praise, use me for your service in every way. Uh, there's, what, what happened to the songs that we used to sing, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Someone say, prepare me. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to have a face-to-face -face meeting with God or with anybody, the first thing I got to do is prepare myself. I know some of you might have on nice shirts on the top and blue, uh, have on pajamas at the bottom, but you got to go through a season of preparation in order to be seen. So you have to prepare yourself. And these are practical steps. But the first thing if I'm going to prepare myself is I've got to wash my face. Someone say, wash your face. Say it again. Wash your face. Some of y'all want some deep Hebrew meaning. I don't give you nothing deep. Wash your face. Those of you don't, that don't mean anything to you uh, uh, here in Ruth. I think it's uh, Ruth, the third chapter and verse three. Uh, where her mother-in-law, Naomi, told Ruth, she says, uh, I know where you came from. I know what you've experienced. I know what has died in your life. But there's an opportunity that's before you in the form of a man named Boaz. There's something before you. I'm going to position you. God's going to position you in a place uh, that God has ordained for you. But in order for you to get there, the first thing I need you to do is to prepare yourself. You got to wash yourself and anoint yourself. You got to position yourself to wash your face. What did it mean for her to wash her face? What does it mean for you to wash your face? I don't want where I was to hinder where I'm going. I've got to wash off the dirt from yesterday to be clean for today. I've got to take time to make sure that I look in the mirror and to be able to see what residue is still on me from before that's keeping me for next. What residue have you not washed off yet? Uh, take it out of hurt. What church residue is still on you? 
that you have not washed off yet. To be able to wash it and to be able to wash your face. And as she told her, she said, and put on your cloak, go to the threshing floor, but don't even make yourself known to the man until he finished eating. And that's a whole nother topic within itself. But to be able to say that if I'm going to prepare myself, I got to wash off where I was. Some of us smell like where we've been. In the midst of God doing great things in your life, your face hasn't been notified yet. There are some of us who God is doing great things, but every day we wake up mad and angry. God keeps on doing wonderful things. I'm not saying that you're not under attack, but I am saying that you got more blessing than you have attack. But have you washed your face? To wash my face says, I've got to wash it off. I can't allow anything that has happened to keep me from what God wants to do today. Wash your face. Someone say, wash your face. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, my mom, those of you who uh, might have grown up the way I did, my mom oftentimes, uh, when I didn't see it, my mom would take her finger, put it in her mouth, and then she would take it. And then she would put it on whatever was on my face and she would take it off for me. Now that got a little old when I got older. But what it was is you represent me. You're my child. And when you go outside, I won't let anybody talk about my child. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get what's on your face off your face. So when they see you, you represent me. And there are some of y'all who are trying to fight God's hands for getting something off your face because you represent him. And you don't like what he's doing and what he's trying to remove. But every corner you're going into that God's trying to give you more, but you can't maintain more because you won't let God wash your face. And he's trying to stick his finger in stuff that you like. And he's trying to stick his finger in stuff that you want to hold on to. And he's trying to take away relationships that you think you need, but they're actually detracting you from where you need to be. And you're trying to hold on to something. Saul, Saul, how long will you mourn over what I've rejected? How long will you struggle and mourn over something that God is trying to remove? Someone say, wash your face, wash your face. So you prepare yourself. You got to wash your face. The next thing you got to do is after you wash your face, you get dressed. Uh, some of you are half dressed. And that's okay for a meeting with your coworkers. But it's not okay when it comes for God. When you get in, all of you's got to be in. You can't just say, God, you can have my Sundays, but you can't have my Saturday nights. You can't just say, God, you can have my offering, but you can't have my gambling. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I had a saved church. You got to make sure that God has all of you. Someone say all of me. We live in a culture and a time that we only want to preach half the gospel, not all the gospel. But I want to tell you, make an announcement that holiness is still right, even if people don't want to hear it anymore. And even if people don't like it, and if people don't flock to hear it, holiness without which no one can see God. You got to make sure 
that you don't bend because the world bends. You have to make sure that all of you is in. And here it is in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 22 says this. Some of y'all want to keep on shouting. That's why y'all like, oh, Lord, I wish we would have stayed with the shout. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 22 says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. <sighs> Hear me. And with all due respect, you know, I, 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 you know the gospel offends sometimes. And I, I just, I'm okay with that. Sometimes your former self is what's hindering you. We keep saying, I've always been like that. And that's what's wrong. They know how I am. And that's what's wrong. They knew if they kept pushing me, I was eventually going to clock. That's what's wrong. You have to put off your old self, which is corrupt. Through deceitful desires. And verse 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Someone say renewed. Renewed means get an update. Update yourself. Update your phone. You know my iPhone, not Android, I don't know what Androids do. But I know iPhones because it's so great. We get updates all the time. And if you don't get the update, you might not be in sync with what's current. And the thing about the update is it says when you update your phone, make sure your phone is plugged up because what's being updated might drain the battery that is in your phone. And there are some of you who you want updates without being plugged to the source. But you've got to be updated and plugged into the source. Someone say stay plugged in. Can't have an update without the source. <laughs> I don't get updates by who I sleep with. I don't get updates by my resume. I don't get updates by just going and looking nice. I don't get updates by business card. I get updates by being plugged in. Somebody say stay plugged in. If you don't stay plugged in, your battery might not be able to handle it. I got to stay updated. I got to stay current. Old time religion is good until it ain't good. Everybody keeps saying, take me back. I don't want to go back. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I don't want to go back. Sometimes we glorify the parts we want to remember. All of it wasn't as good as we say it was. I want to go back. You want to go back to some of that stuff where everybody was struggling? You want to go back to that church where everybody was preaching a poor man's gospel? I don't want to go back to lies and deceit and manipulation, but I do want to go back to power. I do want to go back to sanctification. I do want to go back to righteousness. I do want to go back to preachers who preach the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help them God. Take me back to that. I don't want no funny stuff. Someone say stay plugged in. The reason I preach the way I preach is because I've been exposed to anointed preachers. I ain't been exposed to the new preachers. The ones that are Instagram famous. I was, I was, I was, I was exposed to the preacher who was altar famous. God knew them. You might not have known them. That's a difference. A lot of us know people that God don't know. 
But the preachers I was exposed to, Bishop G. Pastors, Patterson, uh, Bishop Norman Wagner, they, they might not have had Instagram accounts, but they had heaven accounts. They had people that were getting filled with the Holy Ghost. They had people that they were, were bou bouncing around. They, were, uh, they, they might not have had nice clothes, but they had a whole bunch of power. Someone holler out power. And I was determined to raise a, a, raise a church that we might not look, we, we might dress down, but we're not putting down. All right. All right. Let me get out of that. I don't want to lose my people on, on social media. 24 says, put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Y'all pray for me. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm just trying. <laughs> First thing is you got to prepare yourself, wash your face, get dressed. Second thing is, this is my last point, and I've got a few things under that, is you got to respond to the request. All right, let me break that down. So somebody might send me a Zoom request. It might be in my inbox. I missed the meeting. And they call me and say, you weren't on the meeting. And I say, I didn't see it. They say, I emailed it. I said, I didn't check it. And then when I saw it, I didn't click to accept it. How many of y'all has God been sending a message to and you pretend like you don't see it and then when you see it, you don't click and say, yes, Lord. You don't click and say, I will obey. You don't click and say, I accept the meeting invite. Because if you don't accept the meeting request, you might miss your update. You got to respond. Someone say respond to the request. And why do I respond? I'm almost through because I know we got to get out of here. Why do I respond? Because I don't want to miss his fellowship. Uh, I don't want to miss a personal encounter with him. We used to sing the song in the, in the church. Uh, what a fellowship. <laughs> what a joy divine. Leaning. On the everlasting arms. I don't, I don't want to miss a fellowship with him. I, I don't want to miss an encounter with him. I don't, I don't want to miss what he might say to me. Uh, Dr. Manuel gave this scripture earlier and she didn't even know it was in my message. But Psalm 63 and verse 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and a thirsty land. Where is there anybody thirsty in the room? Uh, I know you might not want to make that announcement to anybody. I'm not talking about single and thirsty. I'm talking about thirsty for God. I ain't talking about I ain't talking about tender swipe right swipe left. I'm talking about being able to be thirsty for God. I'm not talking about thought. Excuse me. I'm talking about you thirsty for the living water. Someone say I need a drink. I'm sorry, we're a real church. You want another one, you got to go somewhere else. But to be able to say, I need something that flesh can't give me. Thirsty. He says, early in the morning. Uh, see, I was taught to seek God early. 
I'm not going to preach a religion of earliness. I'm not talking about 3 o'clock in the morning as, as my, my sister Juanita Bonham would say, you got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and put on your makeup and all this. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about intentional seeking. Where before you scroll, you kneel. Before you check it, you check in. I'm talking about intentional. I, I have something that I have to do for myself, not for y'all, but for myself. I have to conquer my morning. Not y'all. I have to. Because I don't know what's coming through the day. I don't know what's going to happen later on. And I need to wash my face before I see you. There are some things that I can't trust myself with. That I've got to check in with God before I check in with you. So that's why it says early, oh God, I seek you early before anybody disturbs me. And I want to challenge you all this month, for those of you who don't do it, before you check the book, have you gotten the book? Can you make sure that before you respond to the message, can you see what his message is to you first? Uh, there's something on my phone. Once again, my iPhone, not yours, but on mine. I can set something called screen time. Uh, what screen time does is you can adjust it to yourself to say what you can set your apps to, to only be limited to a certain time or whatever. So I'm just kidding. I've told y'all this before, but my own personal secret, this is what I do. My phone shuts off at a certain time at the night and it doesn't cut on at a certain, I mean, it's on, but I don't have access to me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't trust me. The pastor, you don't trust yourself either. Y'all think I walk around speaking in tongues all the time? If you pastor for 30 days, you might not speak in tongues. You might speak in clapback, but you won't speak in tongues all the time. You try leading people who don't want to be led. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm just talking about anything, an organization, a business of any kind. Try to be able to pastor or lead people or build people who want to tear you down while you're trying to build them. You try and see how well you do. So I set screen time because I need me time. So what my screen time does is, and for those of you who need to know, those of you who are interested in the iPhone, just in case you are, but for what I do is my phone, not only does it shut down apps, it also shuts down my text messages that I can't even see. So text me all night if you want to, I won't see it. Call me all night, I won't see it. I'm not saying if you got an emergency, please call, I can see all that type of stuff. But there are certain things that I don't need to be distracted by before I spend time with him first. After I spent time with him first, then maybe I'm better for you than I would have been had I not checked in with him first. I get with him first because I know me. Someone say, I know me. I know me says that I know me enough to know that I can't be trusted at all times. Meaning that all of me is not in just yet. There are some parts of me that have not been redeemed yet. That I've got to constantly check in with God so that he can wash me, purify me, and make me better. So I want to make sure I have that fellowship. And the interesting thing about that is I, I end. The interesting thing about fellowship is there's nothing like having fellowship before everybody gets there. 
Anybody who's ever been invited to a cookout, everybody who's been invited to anything, some of you, it's always good to go early before the crowd gets there. Because you get to have one-on-one time with the host or the cook or whatever, and you get to help set up or whatever. Uh, that's why I love to seek God early, because sometimes while everybody else is asleep, I'm praying. Before he starts answering everybody else, I'm like, Lord, I want to check in. I want to have a fellowship with you first. I want to be able to get in. I, I know you're going, your schedule's going to be busy later, but right now it's just me and you. And I just happen to believe that I know God loves y'all, but I just happen to believe God loves me too. Somebody in the room say he loves me too. I'm almost through. Uh, so I want to have a fellowship. And lastly, as I, not, not only do I want to respond to the quest for fellowship, but I also want to respond to the request for favor. Favor. Fellowship is my, my time, my communion with him. But my time and my communion with him will also grant me favor. That's where the, his hand comes out. Uh, uh, Psalm 16 and verse 11 says, you have made known to me the path of life, but in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What that means is some of us, we want the blessings without the presence. If you get his presence, you get his blessings. If you get his presence, you'll get his stuff. A lot of us want his stuff without him. But you can't have his stuff without him. I want him more than I want his stuff. Because if I get him, he always has more stuff. You can get stuff and run out of it. But if I get him, he can always get me more stuff. That's why it says, he says, you will make known to me the path of life, but in your presence is fullness. Somebody say presence, say fullness, say fullness. There is no, uh, there is no lack of supply for joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. He'll make sure you have everything you need. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So in verse 9, I'm through here. Verse 9, when he talks about, he says, hide not your face from me. He says, turn not your face away from me in anger. He was saying, Lord, there are going to be times when I mess up. There are going to be times when I, I do wrong. Don't turn your camera off from me. I'm through, musician. I've turned my camera off from you. But don't turn it off for me. Sometimes I don't know how much I need you. Sometimes my stuff has separated me from your face. But I'm saying in the time that I mess up, cast me not away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Someone lift your hands right now and say, Lord, don't turn off for me. Just don't turn off from me. I, I, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say something wrong. I'm going to respond wrong. I know I am because I know me. I've done it a thousand times. But while I'm in process, don't take your presence from me. While I'm figuring it out, don't leave me. This right now, I want to pray for everybody in the room who your camera has been off. I don't want everybody to stand, but I want to see who in the room. The scripture says over in um, Romans, it says, we believe with our heart and we confess it with our mouth. 
I want to pray for anybody in the room who has the courage enough to say, I'm working on that. It's me. I want to have a closer relationship with God, and it's going to start with me being present. It's going to start with me turning my camera off. If that's you, will you stand all over the room? If it's just you, everybody don't have to stand, but just those who are like, hey, it's me. Thank you. Thank you. The only reason that I stop the praise and the shout and stuff, it's not that that's not good because I praise and I worship. But if you praise and you worship and your camera's still off, the camera off meaning that you haven't even responded to his request. You haven't even shown up for the meeting yet. I want you this week, I want you this week to be able to say, I'll say yes, Lord. Lift your hands, everybody who's standing. Thank you for standing. Thank you for, for, for your obedience. I, I understand how difficult it is. Please know that even the person holding the mic, I've got to work on my own camera too. Sometimes I want my camera off. That's what Adam did. He wanted his camera off because he felt his nakedness would remove him from the presence of God. God said, there's nothing you could ever do. Kayla. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing anybody in this room could ever do that could take you from the presence of God. Lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, every single person whose hands are lifted, every person who's watching, everybody who's streaming, everybody who's, who's um, behind the camera themselves while they're watching right now, I pray, Lord, that you would um, not leave them, that they, they would not be as David. He felt that you were not with him. But I thank you according to your word in Hebrew that says that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. So I pray, Lord, that they will be reminded that no matter what they're dealing with, you're actually coming towards them. Teach us how to respond to the requests that you have granted us, Lord. Teach us how to turn our camera on and to be present for the moments that you have before us. Father, thank you for your presence. It gives life and life always. Thank you for what you're doing in this season. Thank you for what you're, you're going to shift. And thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of your people. Show yourself mighty. Show yourself strong. Give them seasons of refreshing this week. Let them experience your presence in a way they've never experienced your presence. Restore unto them the joy of their salvation. Restore. Someone repeat after me. Say, restore me. Say it again. Say, restore me. In the name of Jesus Christ, do it for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, those of you who stand, say, I receive it. Somebody say, I receive it and clap your hands if you receive that all over the I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.